good morning to the rest of you big kids. I really do love Christmas. I'm a total Christmas sap, just so you know. I love all the sentimental things about it, the Christmas carols and the old movies, and I love the popcorn and the cider and the hot chocolate. And So I, I love uh, even the opportunity just to be with you guys this morning because I feel like, okay, so we all get to come and be, you know, sappy together for Jesus because, and we get to really celebrate what it's all about and maybe help remind each other what is the one thing, you know? It's just good to come back, isn't it? After all the hustle and the bustle and all the uh, things going on during this time of the year, it's just good to center again, isn't it? And just remind ourselves, what's the one thing, isn't it? So that's what we want to do today. And we're going to talk about one of the great gifts that we were given when Jesus was given to us. And that gift that came with him is his gift of peace. We're going to talk about Advent peace today, and I just want to jump right into it. And let's start back at the very beginning when Isaiah prophesied that God was going to give us this gift. Back at Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to read verse 2 and then skip to verse 6. And here's what it says. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, when I'm studying each week, I like to read it in different versions. And when I came across that line, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this, look what the New English Testament um, translates that as. Look at the last line. The Lord's Intense devotion to his people will accomplish this. Isn't that good? Don't you love it? Okay, so let's get to the why of things. Why is a child born to us? Why is a son given to us? Why is he going to establish a government where it will be a government of peace? Why? Why has he done all these things? Because of the Lord's intense devotion to his people. We ought to know the why. Because the why reveals who this great father is, doesn't it? Listen, this is the key to our peace. This is the key to what we're talking about this morning. So will you keep that in mind this morning? That it's the zeal of the Lord Almighty that is going to accomplish this. It's his intense devotion to you and to me. I love it. Now, fast forward 700 years after the time that Isaiah prophesied this, and if you want to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 2, that's where we're going to go next. So 700 years after Isaiah prophesied that God was going to give this great gift and establish this wonderful kingdom, in Bethlehem one night, the time came for the baby to be born. And Mary gave birth to her firstborn son, and they wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and they laid him in a, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And Matthew tells us that they named his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And what else was going on that night? Look at verse 8. We're going to pick up the story right here. There were shepherds 
living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. What kind of glory is that? These big old gruff, rough and tough shepherds were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Why? Because today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. So 700 years after Isaiah prophesied what God was going to do, it came to pass. And this great gift of Jesus was given in the form of a baby. He came to dwell with us, Emmanuel. And as a result of this great Savior being born to us, the angels had two things to proclaim. Now, if you think about it, there could have been a whole lot of stuff proclaimed at this point. When the, when the whole angel army joined the angel, I mean, they could have sang all night. I mean, couldn't they have proclaimed many, many things? They proclaimed two things, and I think it's significant. They said, glory to God and peace to men. I mean, they could have said love to men, joy to men, and all those things come with it. But why is it significant that they said, and peace to men. See, I think it's a direct result of the gift that was given. It's a direct result of Jesus coming and coming to be with us, given, being given to be our Savior. Because he was given to be our Savior, glory is given to God. Jesus came to reveal who the Father was. He was going to be glorified. And as a result of Jesus coming to be our Savior, now we have peace. You see... It was our greatest need. We needed to be saved. And being saved brought us peace. Now, we're going to unpack that a little bit. Peace, as many of you know, uh, the basic word comes from the Hebrew word shalom. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the absence of war or conflict, but it means a positive state of complete Wholeness, well-being, and as we taught the children, all is well in here. This is the gift that he came to give us, this complete state. Can you think about that? A complete state of wholeness. One of the translations I read uh, this week even said that his name shall be called Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Wholeness. And that's who has come to live inside of you and me. Isn't it beautiful? The Prince of Wholeness. He has come to make us complete. You see, before Jesus came, it was impossible for us to be made complete. Because something had separated us from our completeness. Let's go to the next one. There are three, three basic things that happened to us that brought us peace. And I think we need to remember what they are. One of them is that we have been pardoned. You see, we were made whole when our Savior came because sin had separated us from God. 
We were created to be one with our creator, weren't we? To be in relationship with him, to know him and to be known by him. And when sin came, it separated us from our God. And from, can I just say, the very life source that was keeping us alive. So not only do we not have peace, we are literally dying. The result of sin in our lives is that we are separated from God and we, the, the wages of that, the result of that is death. Like a branch being separated from a vine. It withers. There's no peace over here because we were created for this. Uh, Augustine said that our, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. There is no peace when half of us is missing or whole, all of us is missing in the form of Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? So by him coming and get, and and paying our pardon. He purchased our pardon. We don't use that word very much anymore. We usually we think of a president pardoning someone on like death row. Well, that's where we were. Really. We were on death row. Jesus came. He purchased our pardon. In fact, he took our place so that we could be free. We could be reconciled to the Father, restored to wholeness. And now we have come home. Now, in here, all is well. This is the perfect peace that our God brings. This is the only reason we can have peace. Those bumper stickers are right. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Right? This is why we have been made complete and whole. The second thing that we receive when Jesus came to be our Savior is that we are now pleasing to him. He has saved us from having to get it all right. See, it's a position before him. He took our place and then gave us his place, Jesus did. And therefore, when the Father looks at us, we have been made new. We have been made holy and complete, Colossians says. This is who we are now. It takes the pressure off. And, and in fact, many of us think, well, now I'm saved, so I've got to keep living up so I can stay in God's favor. I've got to keep getting it right. So I, and many of us, when we read that passage where it said, peace on the earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests, some of us click into religion mode and we go, oh, well, that's not me this week. I mean, do you feel it? It's like, well, I know I'm saved, but I don't think I'm in his good graces this week. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? We still have this little thing that says that it's somehow dependent on how I'm doing. Instead of, there is peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. That's all of us who have been saved by his grace. Because what is grace? Undeserved favor. That's what grace is. You see, you've been given the favor of God. You are now pleasing to him, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. Everybody take a deep breath and let it out. I've been saved by grace. I have found favor with God. That is peace. Because the opposite of that is this continual striving to get it right. Continual trying to please God. Continually trying to stay in his good graces. Listen, he is crazy about you right now. He, you are acceptable to him right now. You are pleasing to him. He is crazy about you right now. 
The third thing that is true because Jesus came to save us is, do you notice, I made, Randy, I made these three Ps? Do you love it? I thought it was your Christmas present. I hope that you liked it. Okay, good. So we're pardoned. We are pleasing to him. And the third P is that we have the presence of Jesus. The greatest gift, isn't it? The most precious to me. And he has saved us from having to be alone. See, now I'm complete. The rest of me is here. I have come home to be joined and to be in union with the one whom I was created for. I'll never have to be alone again. Because of this, I have peace. These are the three things that we need to keep in mind. Now, if these three things are very true, and many, many more that we're not going to cover this morning, all the wonderful results of Jesus coming to save us, uh, be our Savior, why is it then that this may not be my experience every day? Why is it that my heart still does not maybe feel at rest or at peace all the time? Why is it that I still strive and rush? And and why is it that at the season where we celebrate the birth of the Prince of Peace, it's maybe the least peaceful season on the calendar? You know, it's like we've got all the hustle and the bustle and the worry and the scurry and the... And, you know, it's the year-end, too. It's not just all about the Christmas decorations. It's also about year-end business, isn't it? And the final financials reports and the final projects that need to be completed and all the deadlines. And we've got to get all the Christmas shopping done. We've got to get all the presents wrapped. And we've got to get all the travel plans made. And we've got to get the airlines lined up. And, by the way, we've got to get the car fixed because we're going to take that trip. And by the time Christmas comes, we're so tired, we just can't wait for it to be all over. Huh. <sighs> And the Prince of Peace comes to us today and he says, stop, slow down, it's my birthday, (laughs) I just want to be with you, you know, sometimes I can easily forget what is the one thing. I'm reading a wonderful Christmas devotional this year, again, by uh, an author named Anne Voskamp. And she says it this way. Why is it we're so, still so worried in the world when I've been pardoned, I'm pleasing already, and I have the presence of the Prince of Peace within me? Why? Well, she says worry is this. Worry is belief gone wrong. Because you really don't believe God will get it right. Ooh. Tara's eyebrow went, mine too. But isn't it true? If I'm worrying about something, at some point I've forgotten who my God is. Right? But peace is belief that exhales. Because you believe that God's provision is everywhere, like the air. Isn't it beautiful? See, it has to do with what we're believing what we're thinking about. What do I truly believe about this one? You see, this is why it's important to know that it is his intense devotion that accomplished all this. This is why we've got to keep reminding each other, especially at Christmas, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Why is it all happening? Because of his intense devotion for us. Because he loves us. Are you tracking with me? And if he loves us that much, why in the world would he not also care about every aspect of your life? 
Are you with me? Why would he also not care? But listen, I, I know where we are. The bills are not, they're just not getting met on a timely basis right now. And, and, and I'm having trouble hitting that deadline, and I'm not going to make it for that particular project. And by the way, the exam that's coming up is really difficult, and I don't have time to do, do you, I, mean, I know the, these are the realities of life, right? But listen, if we remind ourselves again today, he really does care things begin to shift. Are you with me? Okay, look at the last part. This one hit me the hardest of all. She says that the answer to deep anxiety is the deep adoration of God. I think it may be the most important line I've read all month. Think about it. The answer to our deep anxiety is the deep adoration of God for you. Right now, what is the thing that's making you most anxious? What's that thing that you go to bed at night and you just can't stop thinking about it? What, what's that thing that you, every time you, you think about it, you feel your blood pressure? You know what it is. Okay, in that place right now, ask the Holy Spirit, have I forgotten how much you love me? Have I forgotten that you sent your son to save me? that you have forgiven me, that you have, I'm already pleasing, and that you are with me in the midst of this? Have I forgotten your intense devotion for me? You see, because if he, who, he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him give us, freely give us all that we need? We got to know how much he loves us, because then we'll know how much he cares, and how much he is there with us, and for us in the midst of all these things that we do have to go through. But listen, we don't have to give in to the society of anxiety. We can go through them with a peace that passes understanding. It doesn't change the circumstance, but it changes who I am in here, doesn't it? It can. The, the answer to our deep anxiety is the deep adoration of God for you. Yes. Now... I, I, I was praying about, Lord, what is it you want to say? And this particular passage came to mind. So we're going to look at it as an application piece this morning. Normally, you don't think of it as a Christmas story. But personally, I think it fits perfectly. It's an example of one person who is living in the perfect peace of God and another who is not. So let's take a look at it. If you want to turn, if you have your Bibles open and you want to flip over to Luke 10, that's where we're going. And here is the story. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, I'm starting in verse 38, Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. See, isn't it a good Christmas story? <laughs> I, I like that part. Okay. Martha came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. 
we have in this passage two women, two people. Men, do not exclude yourselves from this example. Because it could be Mark and Martin. I don't care what you call them. It could be any of us, right? One is living and enjoying and experiencing the peace of her Savior. And one is over here so distracted by trying to serve her Savior that she has forgotten that he's even in the house. And isn't it ironic? Because he had come to be with them. Like out of all the places he could have stopped for the night or come for dinner, he had come to them. He was right there, right there with them. And in the midst of his coming, Martha was so excited about it and and so wanted to please him and so wanted to honor him and so wanted to maybe gain his favor that she's over here working for him and trying so hard to do all the things she thinks that he wants her to do, but she's going to miss her moment of encounter if she doesn't turn and really take a look at him. In the prayer time that I was in this morning with some people here, they were praying that we would behold him because when we see him, we will see what is really true. I think Mary was over here, and when he came into the place, into their home, she was just enthralled with who he was. She was drawn to him. The passage says that she sat at his feet and listened to what he had to say. She listened to what he had to say. See, I think she couldn't even take herself away from it. She just sat at his feet, and I think she just took it all in. And as she did, I think she was just like filled with such a peace, such a joy. She didn't want to miss one minute of being with him. She didn't want to miss one word that he had to say. Because in that place, she experienced how much he loved her. She could feel it. Now, there are some of us uh, in the room that are thinking, yeah, but it's the Marthas in the world that are really actually getting all the stuff done. (laughs) That's really kind of what we think, isn't it? And good, lucky for you Marys, you get to pray and worship all the time. Well, here's what I think. Let me ask you a question. What, What do we think that Mary did when she got done listening to all that Jesus had to say? Think about it. What do you think she did after that? See, if we think that she went and sat on the couch or she went and took a nap, I think we've missed the point. I think that Mary was so filled with the joy of Jesus, so now aware that her sins were forgiven, that she was accepted and pleasing to him just as she was. I think that she was so filled with his presence that this thankfulness, this joy began to well up within her and that she couldn't even contain it. And I think that out of that place, when he was done talking and out of that love relationship that he was just looking at her with eyes of adoration, she rose from that place so full of gratitude, so full of deep devotion for him that she ran to help Martha. Come on, Martha, let's put out the best spread. Let's put out the finest napkins and let's get the best wine. Come on, Martha, let's do the turkey and let's get out all the finest preparations that we can get. And don't you know that as she did it, she had a smile on her face and I think that the love in her heart was boiling over to a song on her lips. I bet she hummed as she did it. 
which is a far cry from bitter Martha, who's over here. God bless Martha. I think she probably started off from a good place of wanting to serve him, just like I do sometimes. I start off in a good place. We're going to celebrate Christmas. It's going to be Jesus' birthday this year. It's going to be great. I don't know if sometimes we fall into, I don't know if if Martha forgot the deep adoration of God for her and she thought that she needed to work for his favor instead of from his favor. Or as Randy says, she was working maybe for his love instead of first remembering how loved she is and then working out of that place. Listen, don't you know, it's true what my friend Jane says, lovers make better workers. They really do. And don't you know, I think we, they even become more productive. Okay, so, so it, think about it. If we spend time in this place like Mary, where we make it our one thing, and we say first and foremost before anything else this Christmas, I've got to remember what Jesus has done for me. I've got to stay in this place of realizing that the Father has sent the Son to save me from my sins, to save me from trying to have to get it all right, and to save me from ever being alone ever again. And out of that place, if I make that my one thing, listen, our minds become more clear. We are able then to go into that workplace and actually have a clear thinking. And the mind of Christ is given to you because you've been in his presence. Therefore, you have solutions to business things that you might not have had before. You're able to go in and take that exam and you're able to think clearly because your mind is filled with the thoughts of Christ. Are you tracking with me? You have been given, you've spent time with the creative God. Therefore, when you go and you make your home beautiful or you go and serve your neighbors, you have the creativity of God just flowing through you. We are more productive after we have spent time in the presence of the great creator and king of kings and prince of peace than we will ever be trying to do it in our own strength. You know? So my encouragement to us today, we have got to cultivate space. It is the one thing we can do. Now, you and I cannot make ourselves feel peaceful. Jacqueline, be peaceful right now. Stop worrying. Don't you hate it when people say that to you? How do you do that? You don't just stop worrying, you know? No, something has to come in and take its place. I got to stop and go, wait a minute. For God so loved me that he gave his son. What? Wait, God so loved me that he forgave me. God so loved me that he is pleased with me. God so loved me that it was his intense devotion to me that made all of this happen. Christmas is all about Jesus, but isn't it amazing that Jesus is all about us? What kind of God is it that we serve? Randy said it last week, I think maybe second service. We've got to cultivate space to make the one thing the one thing. Because otherwise, it's going to be crowded out. So we cannot... Here's the good news. Not only do you not have to go find peace or make yourself peaceful, I want you to know you've already been given peace. It's already in you, and it's already in me. And I think what happens is it gets covered up like a Christmas package with all the bows and ribbons and packaging and tissue paper and all the confusion of life and business and family and neighbors, and it it gets drowned out, doesn't it? So really, I think our application this morning is just to unpack it and to ask the Holy Spirit 
to help us create space so that we can be heard, his voice can be heard, so that we can sit and hear what he has to say, just like Mary. Because listen, when he speaks, you will know the deep adoration of God. And whatever that looks like for you, whether it is time in his word, this is one of the ways he speaks to me. And then I take time in silence to just let him explain it to me. I want to hear what he has to say, just like Mary, every day. I want to take time in worship to just let my heart and remind my soul how much I adore him. And then he fills me up. And I don't just stop there. I want to keep thinking on him all day long and keep the one thing, the one thing. And then I'm able to do all the other things that I know are very real things we got to do. But I do it not alone. So what's that look like from God's perspective? Look at the scripture that he encourages us with in Isaiah 26. Michael, do we have Isaiah 26? And this is what it says. You, Father, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you all whose thoughts are fixed on you isn't it true you see here's what i love about the mary and martha story they had a choice and jesus said that mary had chosen what was better so all of us in this room, we cannot control the circumstances we're in, can we? We can't control even the tragedies that have happened or the very difficult places that we may be in right now. Some of those things are beyond our control. But there's one thing we can control. We have a choice. And Mary chose something that could not be taken from her. You and I can choose the one thing this Christmas to spend time until we get rid of all the wrappings and the trappings until we, we see his face. And from that place, we allow him to fill us with his deep adoration again. And from that place, we can go and do all that needs to be done. Because then, guess what? It's not the most important thing. If you find yourself all worried and upset like Martha, it may be that the one thing has become the second thing. And that the doing of the thing became the one thing. That's my indicator. Why am I so worried and upset? Hmm, maybe this has become a little bit too important to me. Apply it where you will. And this is one of my favorites. In application today, Paul, who was writing from prison, we've got to remember this, okay? His circumstances were not peaceful. He had been persecuted, beaten, imprisoned without food, without clothes, shipwrecked. You know his story. Right now he's in prison, and this is what he writes to us. Rejoice! Kind of like the angels. The good news is still being proclaimed, and that rejoicing doesn't stop on the night that he was born. You guys, we have a reason to rejoice every single day. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say it. Rejoice, Paul says. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness. In other words, it really doesn't happen, won't matter what happens to me because I'm already pardoned, I'm already pleasing to God, I'm already accepted by Him, so I can forget about myself. People will notice your considerateness and your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. Do you like this amplified version? Kind of wakes it up, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in everything, in every circumstance, and in everything, 
by prayer and petition, which are definite requests, okay, make with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Now listen, he's giving us here one of the most practical tools given in scriptures. Because we cannot help that a, an anxious thought is going to come, isn't it? And we're, something's going to happen, and it's, we're going to be worried about it. This is life, right? But what do we do when those anxious thoughts come? Do we give in to them and say, you're right, oh my gosh, this is awful. Or do we do what he says? We take the thought, we bring it to God, we turn it into a request. We bring the anxious thought, we bring it to God as a specific request, and we say, this is what's happening. I know you see it, but this is what I need. He wants us to do it. He's asking us to do it. Bring it to him as a request and do it with thanksgiving. What does that mean? Well, here's what I think. When I bring him this request, God, this is what I need. And I'm right now going to thank you because I'm remembering, I'm reminding my soul that you are able. You are my mighty God. Uh, In fact, you're my everlasting father. And I know that you really care about this. And I thank you that you are my prince of peace and you are going to be with me. You are Emmanuel. And I'm giving him thanks for who he is even as I make the request. Do you see what I'm saying? So we bring these very real needs to him. And instead of letting them take us down and steal our joy and our peace, we bring them to God with thanksgiving for who he is and for what he is able to do. And then what happens? This is the best part of all. Then God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. You guys, we get heaven. Isn't that what Joaquin said? We get heaven. And so, fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, it doesn't make any sense to the world, that peace shall garrison and mount guard over your heart and over your mind in Christ Jesus. Listen, God is still so passionately devoted to you that he will send and with the spirit of the prince of peace within you, by the way, that is the fruit of his living in you, love, joy, peace. He says that that peace will mount up and guard your heart and guard your mind as you take those worries and that anxiety and you give it to him and you say, I thank you that you love me and that this is not the last word because Jesus is the last word and therefore I will live in your love and I will trust you. And you just watch that anxiety go because my heart is being guarded and my mind is being guarded by the peace that passes understanding. How good is our God? In closing, Ann Voskamp's quote had a second part to it I wanted to save till the end, and it's this. The answer to deep anxiety is the deep adoration of God. And the greatest gift we can give our great God is to let his love make us glad. We want to give a present to our Jesus this Christmas? How about we become the people he's created us to be? How about we enjoy that which he died to give us? How about we represent him in the world as people of his peace? And we make a difference. How about we go into our workplace tomorrow morning and we change the atmosphere just by being filled with Jesus' peace? How about we go into our neighborhoods and we go visit some neighbors and, and we just 
give them a hug. And you know what happens? Because the peace of God is pouring through you, it'll change the atmosphere. How about we invite those family members and even the crazy relatives to come to our home for Christmas because we have cultivated an atmosphere of peace. And you know what happens? People are drawn to it. You watch. They'll go, I don't know why. I just love being here. I don't know why. I just like hanging out with you. I don't know why, but I just, I just feel so at home here. I just, why? Because there's something inside of them that's not at peace, and their hearts long to come home to the Prince of Peace, and you're providing a place for them to experience him again, and something inside of them longs for it. And then they never want to go home. So you have to kick them out. <laughs> Peacefully. Peacefully. <laughs> Would you stand with me, please? We did not even touch the fact that if you look on the news, it, uh, as the song says, uh, in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong, and it mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Uh, but the next verse says, God is not dead. He does not sleep. God is the final word. Now listen, I, I, my heart breaks and yours does too. And we, have, we live in a very real world where terrorism is very much present. We live in a world where racial tensions are happening. We live in a world where evil is still popping up and rearing its ugly head. But listen, people of God, of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. We are in the place of increasing the kingdom of God and the peace of God. And the way it's going to happen is through you and me being filled with the peace and changing the people in front of us and around us and in your sphere of atmosphere. And that's the way that the kingdom of peace is going to multiply apply on the earth so let it start with us today let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me would you hold out your hands and just uh, just as a symbol just as a represent representation and 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 if you don't mind this morning would, would you even want to just repeat after me for the first part of our prayer we'll just let's just say father we thank you that you have given us jesus to be with us forever to pardon me from my sin, to make me pleasing in your sight, and to never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you for the gift of peace that already lives inside of me. Today, I choose to receive it and walk in it and I choose you, Jesus, to be my one thing. And Father, I thank you for these people, my friends and my family here. And we just now, re I release now the perfect peace of the Holy Spirit right now. Be released. May all anxiety just float away. And love of God be poured out right now in Jesus' name. Thank you that it is your intense devotion to us, your great love for us that has given us this great gift. We receive it. Make us people of your peace that carry your presence wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.